2: It sits above the mantle
3: on a couple rusty nails,
2: and it's worth a your of
4: money, but it damn sure ain't for sale. The good Lord you only figured it out, on the store get to the point. Here it is. Granddaddy's gun. Yeah. Bo figured it out.
3: Second Amendment Radio on the great outdoors. A That's Blake Shelton. Did you know that was Blake?
4: I did not know that was Blake. You just
1: got married, didn't you? That's Mark
3: Cox. Yep. Gwen Stefani (laughs) and him got married at his ranch over the weekend. Nice. Welcome to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Bo. Yourself? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, Yeah. Let's start the show off with a sponsorship from Razorback Armory. They are St. Louis County's premier gun store catering to gun enthusiasts and their Second Amendment rights, and that's why we love them, and that's why they love this show. Uh, And you can go to RazorbackArmory.com to find them.
1: Hey, anybody knock on your door this week?
3: <laughs> just, so, I'm going to tell you something. As rural as I live, if somebody's knocking on my door, we got real problems.
1: Yeah, <laughs> do, do you? Are you one of those guys that has like the the driveway alarm, like the thing that? That you can motion sensor, you can put it in your driveway. So you can tell if somebody's driving up.
3: Hundred percent. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, Game cams all over the place. Can't
1: sneak up on Bo Matthews.
3: My wife's a better shot than I am, so look out for her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't make that mistake. Uh, Anyway, we're glad that you're uh, you're with us this week on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, and uh, we are going to be talking uh, about CCW coming up here. Uh, a little later in the show today. that That's important to me, always has been. I've been a concealed carry uh, license holder since the very minute it was legal in the state of Missouri, and I'm a firm believer in the in getting the training if you're going to carry the gun.
3: Absolutely. It, Absolutely. For legal
1: reasons and common sense reasons, and I've been through a couple of the courses myself, including advanced concealed carry, and, and it's going to talk more about where you can get that done in an, an event that's coming up uh, pretty soon. So we're looking forward to that.
3: Absolutely. And uh, the thing is, is getting familiar with it. Uh, we always talk about it, Even Sheriff Marshak mentions, you know, when when something's happening, you go to your basic level, the most basic level of training you had, which means your heart rate's up and all that bad stuff. Uh, you've got to be prepared. And so training – did I mention the the experience motorcycle riding training I did? I, I did I've been riding mini bikes, motorcycles all my life. And it was a promotion at Docs Harley-Davidson. They said, we want you to do this advanced uh, class and nice. host it, you know, kind of give away, you know, whatever. And I learned so much. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, I could have died a M- hundred M- times.
4: What is a thing that you think people should know about about advanced motorcycle training?
3: Uh, when you're taking a, a right curve on a, on a road, you actually push your right handlebar To the you push it forward and you lean into it helps you lean it's just one crazy thing but if you ride motorcycles take the advanced training just a tip yeah
1: no kidding (laughs) you might have saved someone's life that's awesome good job that's what we're after here all the time anyway uh, you know one thing that I've been talking about this week is is this FOID reform in the state of Illinois. And it's a big deal because anytime JB Pritzker is in favor of something regarding guns, it's it's bad for the gun owner. Illinois has a long history of ignoring the second amendment and the FOID card is a great example of it. I mean, it's already tied up in court right now. They're trying to get rid of it altogether. In the meantime, they've reformed it and they want you to believe that this is in your best interest. Right now, we want to welcome in Valinda Rowe. She's uh, uh, with uh, the uh, Illinois Concealed Carry uh, Group, and she's talking to us more about the FOID card issue. Valinda, great to have you back on the radio again. How are you?
0: Well, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on.
1: Yeah, you know this. Uh, you you opened my eyes to this because there are there are some groups uh, in Illinois that are that are pro Second Amendment groups but that for some reason took sort of a hands-off approach, a neutral position on this ID card issue, and and there's a lot people need to know about what's in here.
0: Right. Uh, I'm the spokesperson for IllinoisCary.com, and we were opposed to the bill, very strongly opposed to it, for uh, a couple of three really, we think, egregious um, pieces that are in this. Uh, It's called the Floyd Modernization Act, and uh, our opinion is calling this a modernization, Bill, is kind of like putting new tires and a bumper on a rickety old Model A <laughs> and calling it a sports car. You've still got a rickety old Model A when you get done, and the soy- the Ford system doesn't need to be modernized. It needs to be abandoned. It needs to be repealed.
1: Well, no, that's v- very true, and in fact, there's been a court decision basically, basically, Pointing that out, that you know, the this, 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 why do you need an FOID card? You already have to go through a background check to buy a firearm, and the United States Constitution says you have the right uh, to keep and bear arms.
0: Exactly. There is a case that has gone uh, up to the Illinois Supreme Court. We're waiting on a, on uh, the different parties to submit their briefs and for the Illinois Supreme Court to issue a final ruling on it.
3: Yeah. Well, I hope they do. And how long has the FOID card been around? That that whole process.
0: I think it all started back in 1968.
3: Wow. Okay, so it's been tough. So when you guys look at uh, what Missouri does, is there anything that you're taking out of our legislation, uh, including the SAPL, that could help what your mission is in Illinois?
0: We have followed Missouri very closely from the very beginning. Uh, Illinois Carry was founded in 2004, right about the time that you passed your concealed carry uh, law. Right. And we visited with the folks in Missouri that helped get that done and said, you know, what do we need to do in Illinois? How can we get concealed carry? You know, what, what's the process that you followed? And uh, they gave us three major points to follow, and we did. And we, we were successful in getting that done with the help of the courts ruling that the ban on concealed carry could not stand.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm so glad you brought that up. You had to go to court to finally force Illinois to allow concealed carry. Then they went through, you have to jump through hoops and go through 16 hours of training and all these other things, and there's no reciprocity with, is there reciprocity with any other state right now with Illinois? No, there is not. I didn't think so.
0: There are about six states that can take the Illinois training and can apply for an Illinois license but their license in their home state is not recognized in the state of Illinois.
3: Just so ridiculous. Is is. there any lawmakers, uh, Belinda, is there any lawmakers that look at the headlines every Monday and look back and go, it's not the law-abiding gun owners that are causing these problems? I mean, is is it moving the needle at all in favor of law-abiding gun owners?
0: Well, we have several really good legislators who point that out. uh, And they have filed bills to repeal the Foyt Act. Uh, because they know this is an unfair burden on law abiding uh citizens of Illinois.
5: Yeah,
1: well it absolutely is. Th- three people killed, 19 shot in Chicago yesterday
3: or or the day before yesterday. Isn't it? How many how many, poli- how many police were involved?
1: Um I I'm not sure. None. Well well, you mean in terms of the people shot. yeah, oh, right. yeah right right right. Th- yeah, right. it was and,
0: and what this what this uh, well it's on the governor's desk waiting for his signature, this modernization act. Uh, for the void, uh, it is not going to do one single thing against those violent crimes that are committed against innocent people. the The whole idea is, of this bill uh, that's supposed to well, they say it's going to be a means to reduce violent crime, and all it's, it's going to do just the opposite. <laughs> it's going to make it that much more difficult for law abiding people to protect themselves and their families. Yeah. So
3: dangerous, so hey. dangerous. Now, uh, when we look at uh, the 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 political map, the red and the blue states that are out there. If you look at Illinois, it's red pretty much everywhere except a couple of different spots, and yet it's a blue state.
0: How, Correct. How can uh, because how, the blue outnumbers the red?
3: I understand, and it's not we don't vote by acreage. I get that, but how right. how can law abiding gun owners and Second Amendment supporters help with this effort? Is it calling? Is it is? And I and I say this because we always say call your governor, call your representative, call. But people don't really do that, I don't think. But how can we we, get them to do it?
0: uh, At Illinois, Carrie, our our battle is fought on three fronts. One is the uh, electoral front. That's the elections. You've got to get out and find candidates for office that support the Second Amendment. I mean, truly support it. Not just say, I support the Second Amendment, but it's where they say, I support the Second Amendment, period. Um, So that's the first front. The second front is the uh, judicial front with the uh, lawsuits in the courts and uh, so we've got to have people and we have found people who are very brave and very uh, willing to stand up and fight and the third front is the legislative front and that's where uh, you know we try our best to oppose these bills uh, this legislation that's proposed that's going to restrict firearm owners uh, to do witness slips, follow our uh, discussion forum on our website so that you'll know. Subscribe to our email alerts so you'll know when phone calls and witness slips need to be submitted.
1: And that's IllinoisCarry dot com, right?
0: Yes, IllinoisCarry
1: Yeah, Valinda Rowe, our guest right now on Second Amendment Radio, and, and let me get back to the to the issues with this this Foyd Modernization Act. Yes. What what you're saying here is that effectively this is the beginning of a firearms registry in illinois because they talk about this gun show loophole all the time uh this this universal background check issue this modernization act in the state of illinois is effectively going to police you selling a gun to your neighbor correct
0: right right it is going to uh, require that anyone who makes a private transfer that's a person-to-person transfer uh when they purchase a firearm they will have to register that purchase with a federally licensed firearm dealer. Okay. And in Illinois, those are now our FFLs are now under the auspices of the Illinois state police and the state government. So whenever, if I were to um, sell you a a firearm in a private transfer, well, no, you're in Missouri. Take that back. If I sell a, a firearm to a person in Illinois, um, they would have 10 days after that purchase to submit the record of that purchase to a federal licensed dealer. So, and that record has to, main, has to include uh, name, address, all your personal information, but it also has to include make, model, and serial number of that firearm. Ugh. So, that is giving the government the record of a private transfer of a firearm in the state of Illinois there's no mm-hmm. question that that is not registration of private sales in Illinois
1: yeah i that's absolutely what it is what uh, and
0: then the oh. FFL they don't have to accept your your record they can say hey i don't want to have anything to do with this so you've got to find an FFL that's willing to take the record if you are in chicago Do you know how many FFLs there are in the city of Chicago? No. I think there's one.
3: Oh, my. And that
0: is at a private museum. So you've got to find an FFL dealer outside the city that will accept your record. And And they can charge up to $25, so that's an extra burden on the person. They've got to pay another $25 to get an FFL to accept this record. Uh, But the FFL doesn't have to take it. They can refuse if you don't remember, say, 15, 20, 15, up to 20 years later, if you don't remember which FFL you sent that record to, then the first violation of that is a misdemeanor, but the second violation is a felony. There's a felony,
3: oh, okay. So
0: you've got to remember for 20 years, where you admitted that record. It's
3: amazing. What, uh, what does it cost for an Illinois resident from beginning to end uh, to become a concealed carry holder uh, in, in the state of Illinois? Because here, it's like, what, $90 for the class, $100 for the permit, and you're on your way.
0: Okay, in Illinois, first you've got to have the FOID card, so that's 10 bucks. Okay. Uh, plus some change. Uh, you have to do it online, so if you use a, uh, a check, it's one amount. If you use a credit card, there's a server fee, service fee on it. Um, so you got to have that first. Then you've got to take 16 hours. If you're just a regular, you don't have prior training in military or or some other uh, acceptable prior training, you've got to take the 16 hours of training. Um, the cost for that varies throughout the state, anywhere from 100 to 150 or more. Okay. To get the training. Once you have the training, you have to submit. Uh, your application which is $150 and there's service fees on that whether you use a a check or credit card Sure
3: okay wow. so i am I'm, I'm always any, any headline we see i always mark i always want to follow the money and right. it, it's not a real big money maker in the state of Illinois at this point i'm you know people are probably going through the process but i don't know I, to to have a second amendment a federal second amendment and not be able to get to it any any easier is just ludicrous to me
1: Yeah yes it is yeah, I would agree. The other thing about the FOID card, just very quickly, they they'll they'll ask you if you voluntarily want to submit your fingerprints.
0: Right. Okay. So with you a... can, if you voluntarily submit your fingerprints, <laughs> uh, they promise that they will automatically renew your FOID card every ten years. Um, but the problem with voluntary fingerprints, the anti-second amendment groups and Democratic leadership in the state of Illinois have been wanting mandatory fingerprints for decades uh, to get this FOID card, and they didn't have the votes to get the mandatory fingerprints. So they went for second best. Let's start with voluntary. And we know how that goes. We know the slippery slope that once that's voluntary, how long does it take for them to come back? And they won't stop with that. They will come back next session Still pushing for mandatory fingerprints. Oh,
5: of course uh, they will. Another
0: thing about the fingerprints is that they also, if you voluntarily submit your fingerprints, they will automatically renew every ten years your FOID card. But they'll also renew it with every firearm you purchase at a federally licensed firearm dealer. Okay, wow. so every time you do that, they will extend your expiration date. It will get bumped down the road with every purchase that you make from a licensed dealer. As they
1: track you. Yeah, as they track you.
0: As they track you. Now, on top of this, the monthly average of FFL uh, purchases last year was around 53,000. Okay? That's per month. If even a small percentage of these involve fingerprinted FOID cards, How is the ISP going to keep up with that on top of all the regular renewals?
1: That's a great point. Plus, they're going to have long lines of criminals trying to register their guns so that the authorities can can keep up with them,
3: right? Right. I I, I, Don't even have to say you're being sarcastic. (laughs) You better not be.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Hey, Valinda Rowe, thank you so much. IllinoisCarry.org is the website. We appreciate you keeping us up to date on this attempt to, to uh, force a gun registry in Illinois. Thank you. The,
3: dot
0: org you or dot com. Glad, glad dot, to help out. And thank you so much for helping get the word out to law abiding gun owners in uh, the state of Illinois.
3: Is it dot org or dot com? Dot com. Ah, got it. Okay. All right. So so that North and South Illinois is not looking too bad at this point. No, that's true. Oh, we're done. We're done. Thanks, Valinda. <laughs> Thank you.
1: If it didn't get your blood pumping, I'm not sure what will. Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors here. I'm Mark Cox, along with Bo Matthews. Glad you're uh, spending some time with us
3: i tell you what, uh, I believe and you believe that training is one of the utmost important things in this world when it comes to the Second Amendment. If you own one gun or a hundred guns, training, cleaning them, getting familiar with them is so important. But there's a lot of people that support the Second Amendment that don't want to carry a gun. And I had a uh, a, a guy that I just met last week. His name is Lee Crop, and he owns, he's part owner of Crossfire CCW in Eureka, and he was telling me about a, a program that's really for anybody, whether you carry a gun or not, and it's a program that's happening next week, uh, and it's called Vive the Shoot, and that's why we want to welcome him on the program. Uh, for anybody, you support Second Amendment, you just want to survive. Lee, welcome to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? we're going. Yeah, we're doing, doing good. great yeah thanks uh, kind of in a nutshell tell us what survived the shoot is all out
7: well we have this program uh where we have a um one of our instructors is brock green he's actually a federal police officer and he's a paramedic on uh their SWAT uh, team and it's basically it's it's setting ourselves up in case something happens and as you watch the news you see shootings every day it seems like they're on the rise and what happens if you get caught in a crossfire How are you going to survive? Because when the police are coming, their first uh, job is to stop the threat, and you aren't really going to be a priority. And so we have to take it upon ourselves to make sure that we survive. Lee, I think
1: think that is just, just such a great point. You know, I'm sitting home the other day watching the coverage of the shooting at the West County Mall. And I'm having this conversation with my wife. She goes, "Well, maybe we just don't go there anymore because I don't want to risk that." And I'm like, "Well, I don't think we should give up that easily." And she said, "Well, you talk a big game and you're a concealed carry holder, but that doesn't stop you from getting shot by some idiot who just opens fire in the middle of the mall." And and to, you know, I have to admit she had a point there. You have to you have to have situational awareness. So what are some of the key things that people need to know in a situation like that that's going to be shared in this class
7: well we're going to uh, share some of the things we also teach in our concealed carry class and a lot of it is situational awareness like you said identifying potential threats um, not getting involved with things that don't uh, concern you Um, uh, at crossfire one of the big big leading questions we have is is today the worst day of my life and we want to avoid that and so the biggest thing is avoidance you identify those threats you make sure that if something's going on you get away from it you know, I'm not a uh, proponent of living my life in fear. Uh, there are places I just don't go, and it's not mainly because I don't want to, but if I want to go to the mall, I'm going to go. But I'm going to make sure that I have my head on a swivel. I'm going to pay attention to the things that are going on around me, and if it looks like there's going to be trouble, I'm going to exit.
3: Yeah, you know, I in the first segment of this program, I compared uh, advanced gun training to advanced motorcycle lessons, and I'll say this, that when I did that advanced training, uh, I treated riding a motorcycle down the highway as a video game. I'm constantly watching what the guy on the right's doing, the guy on the left doing, what the guy behind me is doing. You've got to be aware of your surroundings all the time. When my wife goes, you mentioned your wife. Let me talk about my beautiful wife. She uh, she goes to you know the grocery store of you know just going to the grocery store. She has been aware um, that's a white panel van. There's two guys hanging out by it. They're not bringing groceries in or taking them out. You know, doing anything like that. It just seems weird. You've got to be aware. So uh, let's dig deep a little bit more, uh, Lee, into five the shoot. Uh, you've got room for how many people in this class?
7: Uh, this class is going to be 20 people. Uh, it's going to be $99. It is July 14th from 6 to 8. And uh, it's going to be a lot of great information. Um, we're going to have some products there that you can buy, that you can carry, that are very simple um but the whole key is um uh, learning what we have to do in order to uh, live another day if we happen to get caught in a bad situation
3: and do you promote uh the mace or some of these sprays or gels that are out there oh
7: we're always into the non-lethal um, the firearm should always be the last resort um, but you know as we talked the other day you know you don't know if or when um it was kind of funny the other day we were talking with howard and his wife He was going to the store to get milk, and his wife was like, why are you arming up? And then the next day, the King's Grocery Store happened. You know, you just don't know when someone's going to go off the handle and do something stupid. And, you know, if if you happen to be in the crossfire at the time, uh, our goal here is to uh, make sure that you survive it and your loved ones survive.
1: Yeah. Always be prepared is the motto we heard when we were scouts. But even as adults, you know, that's that's just such a great point because— I had a guy say to me one time when I first went through my concealed carry training, um, he's like, listen, it takes a little getting used to, but you should wear your gun so much that you feel naked if you don't have it on. And I'll have to tell you, uh, I've left the house before in a hurry to get somewhere and ended up half a mile or two from home, realized suddenly that i didn't have it and drove back and got it It, it's it just get you need to make it a habit if you choose to defend yourself because ultimately you may end up defending someone else as well
7: yeah after meeting brock green uh i've gotten to the habit where i I have a tourniquet on me at all times too uh because you know all these things come into play you know you're going to carry a firearm you might have to use it and it's not going to be like going to the range where you're shooting at a piece of paper there's a chance there may be bullets coming towards you and so you know there's just so much more there's a whole mindset that you have to get behind uh I mean, we we usually call it the, the warrior's mindset you have to be prepared if you're going to be carrying this firearm to use it and you, there's a possibility you might get shot too
3: yeah okay back to the class lee survive the shoot does one need to bring a firearm with them to this class no,
7: this is basically just the first day class. Um, it's not, not, even, not even. It's, it's more, uh, you know, tourniquets, things like this, avoidance, uh, what to look for. Um, we've had a lot of great videos that are going to be played showing uh, officers in the line of duty that have been injured and what they have to do to survive. Um, they can book the class at crossfireccw.com. It's $99, and it's going to be a great time. Well, and what are you doing? Are you doing
1: it in the Eureka area?
7: Yeah, our shop is an old-town Eureka. We're right above the Mexican restaurant there in town called Ola. Yeah. Uh, they get a great restaurant and even better stuff upstairs. Been there, <laughs>
1: been there many times, and we'll be back down there in that area again tonight, so I, I
3: get it. Uh, yeah, and uh, so you got 20 limited on this class, uh, and, and if this fills up for you uh, and the demand is there, uh, will you do it again, or do you already have it planned to oh, yes. do it again? Oh, yes.
7: Yeah, we're, we're planning on uh, making this uh, part of our curriculum. Uh, it's going to be probably once a month that we're going to do this in the evening.
3: Okay. That's good. Like so a c- Crossfire
1: CCW tells me that you do a whole lot more than just this class. Uh, is it regular concealed carry and advanced concealed carry? I mean, how far down that road do you go
7: to your training? Yeah, we do the concealed carry, we do the advanced concealed carry, and then we do a lot of one-on-one classes, Um in our, most of our advanced school classes, we like to do them one-on-one because I don't know what everyone's skill level is, and we like to cater it to the individual. Um, the, when I was doing larger classes like that, I'd find that there was, first off, nobody ever wants to be considered a basic a shooter. <laughs> Everybody who owns guns. <laughs> seems to think that they're advanced. Nobody wants to be basic in life. No, of course not. (laughs) But but there's a lot of skill sets, and there are a lot of things that people just don't ever think about. And a lot of them are aha moments. And I've I've experienced those things in my life too, where all of a sudden you're, oh, simple things that you just never would have thought about. And we've had years and years and years of experience, and we share that information with you. But in the the advanced classes, like I said, I like to sit down with you, maybe your wife, maybe a friend, but I like to judge the skill level because I don't want to have somebody that is uh, a true beginner taking attention away from somebody who's more advanced that wants to get more advanced. That's a good point. And then vice versa. I, so I, I, we, we care to those individual.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I'll bet. And and you you have to um, help people determine their level of comfort. I would imagine that can be an uncomfortable conversation sometimes because you're going to have people that feel like they want to carry, but then they don't really want to carry. And and how do you, how do you handle that, Lee?
7: Well, you know, it's all personal decisions. You know, I tell everybody, you know, just because I do something doesn't mean you have to. Um, We have a lot of people that after class, they don't want to carry because it is a huge responsibility. But we do express to everybody that, you know, you can go your whole life and never have a situation. You might have one tomorrow. You don't know. But if you do not to carry, doesn't mean that you're not going to be a victim. But these are all personal choices. And in our concealed carry class, what we actually really focus on is the avoidance portion You know, uh, another question that we uh, drive into our students' heads is uh, what's what's the best and worst outcome of a situation? If I see someone who scares me, I could walk by them and maybe I'll be fine, but maybe I won't be. And so maybe it's better that I cross the street. You know, if I hurt their feelings, that's too bad. But I look at, you know, um, profiling is about self-preservation. You know, it's about sustaining my life, making sure that I live to see another day. And if I happen to hurt your feelings because I crossed the street, that's just tough. I don't care. And it doesn't matter if you're white, black, or Hispanic. It doesn't matter. If you scare me, I am going someplace else because in my life, I carry a firearm that I don't want to
3: use. I do like the avoidance model. Yeah, I really do. Lee, I want to mention uh, also something I learned about Crossfire CCW. You do teach classes in Eureka, but in our first segment, we talked to Valinda Rowe on the uh, Illinois void card issue. You also go over to Illinois and teach classes too, don't you?
7: Yeah, my partner is a certified uh, Illinois instructor, and so we do classes over in Illinois usually once a month. Great. And well, you can book those on our site too. Good to know. Is it
1: CrossfireCCW.com? That's right. Is that the right website? All right, good. Hey, yes, sir. Lee Kropp, uh, we appreciate the, the great information today, and hopefully uh, people will take advantage of that that uh, training you got coming up. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Uh, the Crossfire CCW survived the shoot uh, coming up, uh, and you go to CrossfireCCW.com to find out more details. More coming up on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. We'll be right back.
3: me you do you love me <laughs> who are you talking about you <laughs> no, no
0: you keep saying you got so something bad. for I knew he
3: wasn't talking to me so easy <laughs> <laughs> these boots are made for walking yeah well, it does make sense in Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Uh, if you're going outdoors, hiking, or hunting, or something, you need a good pair of boots. This segment is proudly brought to you by Chuck's Boots Superstores. Actually, no, Chuck's Boots. <laughs> we we dropped the Superstores, but they are super. A uh, hundred thousand pairs of boots between the two stores and online at Chuck'sBoots.com. St. Peters, uh, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. If you haven't been into a Chuck's Boots in a while. It's amazing how big these stores are. And it's not just hunting boots and hiking boots, work boots, they got biker boots. Uh, And Mark, I heard you say you're a deer hunter on the radio. I didn't know you were a deer hunter. I do uh, hunt them, not very well,
1: but I do. Every, every <laughs> November <with> <laughs> I freeze my butt off in the woods for 4 or 5 hours and usually come up empty-handed, but that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's the thrill of the hunt, right? I
3: hear you also hunt with your vehicle as well as everything. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I hit a deer on the way to work uh, this week and uh, fortunately the car nor the deer were injured. Uh, but it was a close
3: call. Wow. Yeah, it made that, me wonder. That's so dangerous. And well, that's why deer hunting is so important. That's right. We got to do that as uh, the urban sprawl happens. Uh, we do want to w- welcome in the owner of Chuck's Boots, Sean Lane. Uh, he is uh, changing Chuck's Boots on a very cool level, uh, including online shopping at Chuck'sBoots.com, which I think is outstanding because not everybody wants to get out and you are coming to them via their computer. Uh, but the reason we wanted to have you on, Sean, was to talk about this. Huge side-by-side, because I, I see trailers full of side-by-sides headed out to the country every weekend, and I'm like, man, I wonder, I'd, I'd love a, one, a racing one like this or, you know, a, a different model like this. You guys are giving one away, aren't you?
5: Yes, we sure are. We're giving away a uh, 2021 Polaris um, side-by-side uh, General Deluxe 1000. <laughs> huge. Uh huge. Pretty cool machine, uh, kind of a sport bike crossover utility bike. So Absolutely. it's very uh, adaptive.
3: Yeah, I, I love it. And you're, you've teamed up with Thorogood to do this, the brand of Thorogood. This is, these are my favorite work boots. Matter of fact, I have a brand new pair still in the box from Chuck's Boots, but uh, I've learned that my work boots that are Thorogood are, and I used to call them thoroughbreds until you corrected me several times, uh, but I've worn these through so many big projects. Um, so it's a great a great brand. Sean, I don't know, are you a hunter?
5: I am not an avid hunter. I have hunted in the past when I was uh, younger, um, but working retail all these years, I generally am working holiday season <laughs> hours in the hunting season, so it doesn't uh, work out for me very yeah, well. Yeah,
1: that, that's a problem. So so I just have to ask, uh, Sean, what type of boots would one wear in one of these Polaris side by <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, uh you know what? I have a side by side, and i I wear cowboy boots sometimes uh I wear you know hiking shoes sometimes, just depending on the weather, sometimes just like a rubber muck boot uh yeah. or rubber boots of some kind um if it's real nasty
3: out yeah and if you go to things like uh bricks off road or flat and nasty uh where the off road action happens. Maybe you don't wear boots at all. Maybe you don't wear feet. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you don't wear footwear
5: at all, man. <laughs> you know, some of those places are a little bit too much for me. I'm more of your <laughs> laid back rider. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: So, so the uh, last time I was in uh, to Chuck's Boots in Fenton, Mark, I have to tell you, and you're probably going to go get some of these. Uh, they've got a shoe called a Hey Dude hey dude hey dude like hey jude but hey dude okay uh and i and sean says these things are flying off the shelves and are they still are they still taking like on the storm that you had talked about earlier uh
5: even more uh we can't even keep them in stock we have (laughs) literally none left um every time we get a shipment in they're pretty much gone within a week uh i actually i told you i had to step out of a meeting to jump on this phone call Uh i was actually in a meeting with hey dude
3: are you serious?
5: I swear. In a meeting with Hey Dude, buying for uh, second quarter of twenty twenty two.
3: What? What? Why the craze? Why the craze about? It? I mean, Crocs were a thing back then. I don't know if you carry Crocs, but these are like boat shoes. They're awesome.
5: Yes, very similar to a boat shoe, but just extremely lightweight, very uh, breathable. Um, the they're on fire. I mean, I've been in the footwear industry for twenty five years. I've never seen a craze like this where you can have a three-year-old toddler wearing them and an 85-year-old great-grandmother wearing them at the same time, and everybody in between.
3: That's some good marketing. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. That's for sure. It's like the vaccine. It's uh, something for everybody. Well, you know, honestly,
1: I, I've been I've been uh, to the to Chuck's out in uh, St. Charles County. I bought a pair of boots out there, and uh, I the. It's overwhelming to me to walk in sometimes and see the number of the selection you guys have. And it, it must just be a 24-hour job for you to keep up with it.
5: Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, yeah, but that's great. I've been doing this a long time, so, uh, you know, it, it's not as bad as it might seem. But, yeah, we have, you know, anywhere, depending on the time of year, anywhere between sixty and 70,000 pair in stock at each store uh, at any one time. Um Just depending on what it is, whether it 's a hiker or a uniform or Uh, Ladies Western or a Hey Dude or a Thorough Good Work
3: Boot. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, again, uh, thank you very much for sponsoring Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, Sean. Maybe you'll get to go hunting uh, one day uh, in the future, but I know you do work your butt off. Uh, You're covering the two stores and online shopping. Again, if you want to win the side-by-side giveaway from Thorough Good and Chuck's Boots, simply go to chucksboots.com, get registered there, or you can go on to Chuck's Boots' Facebook page. Uh, But we just wanted to uh, take some time and just thank you for uh, being a part of this show
5: i appreciate appreciate the support i know it's going to be a really cool giveaway and the lucky winner is going to be uh very very excited we're actually getting it custom wrapped right now
3: like american
4: sur- flag right yes yeah. Yeah. yeah nice wow you can see it if you go to <sighs> checksboots.com right that's, that's
3: just great. classy sean thank you man have a great rest of your afternoon okay
5: all right sounds good you guys have a great day
3: that's Thanks. awesome yeah, you know and uh, and great supporters of uh, law enforcement and first responders my big dog poker bash i i went in and i said hey uh we're looking for donations and he gave us like six hundred dollars in gift certificates Wow! i wow. mean without even blinking uh and a lot of first responders uh, shop there as well so hunters hikers bikers everybody it's it's a great story
1: whatever you need we're well, glad to hear it you know i do you mentioned my deer experience um two times now like i, I live out west st louis county Two, I see deer every morning. You know, I, I go to work early. I do the morning show ninety-seven one. I I get up early. I'm I leave uh, the house around four. There are always deer along the road. I normally they just sit there. This morning, one decided he was going. He or she she I believe was going to cross the road. It wasn't a. It wasn't a. It didn't buck. have horns, so I know it wasn't a. It could have been a button buck, I guess, and I just didn't notice it because I just saw it kind of nowhere, and it. It ran up alongside of my car, bumped it, and then ran right back into the woods. I just got lucky. Wow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Twice. I hit one a couple years ago with the front bumper of the car. Thought I'd hurt it. It stood up and ran off. That's St. Louis County. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I grew up in southern Minnesota, and a buddy of mine had a Nova, like a really fast Nova, Mm -hmm. and he got hit. And there were teeth left in the door, and there was <laughs> hair. I mentioned you mentioned hair in the grill. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was hair there in. was there was hair on the front bumper of this car, and uh, the uh, deer poop or deer scat on the on mm-hmm. the front of. It. I'm like, okay, that one didn't make it. Yeah, he hit it hard. Uh, but <laughs> I got when I was listening to that story, you're hitting the deer. Um, it, it brought up a memory from my childhood. Uh, my dad and I he had a TDY down in Del Rio, Texas. So we're traveling from Lowry Air Force Base, Denver down to del rio texas in west texas we we were driving through the night and we got to this really hilly part in west texas and there were a hundred eyes yeah uh reflection from the headlights and he slowed down to about 10 miles an hour because Uh. it was they all just like were there Mm -hmm. and it frightened me so much he didn't hit any of them but man we crawled through that area until we didn't see anything. like
4: i was telling mark this week i was driving taking my daughter to uh, school in savannah and we stopped at hilton head oh, and we yeah. were staying there and i you want to get there it was the middle of the night and i was trying to get to our hotel and it was nothing i stopped counting at city two deer <laughs> right? because you you want to go 55 miles on the highway it's a two-lane highway but no there are so many deer on the way you don't want to hit and you don't want this hit was em.
1: on the way to hilton head, on the in, way to Hilton in the low country south carolina
3: yeah okay all right. Not on all the, Hilton Head. On, there aren't no, that many deer out on the way know. to the island. Okay. It, it, it also brought up two other thoughts, and I, I, I'll ask you, Mark, is who picks up the deer on the side of the road? Is it uh, MoDot? The, is it MoDot? Do it, they really do they that? They
4: have seven days to do it.
3: Okay. Well, boy, they, there's some out there that long. <laughs> Uh, and the other thing it brought up was a memory of a, a show called My Crazy Addiction. And uh, <laughs> th- this guy has not bought protein for his family or parties that he's thrown in 35 years. Roadkill? It's all roadkill. It, it, everything. They, they'll they'll go, even if it's been out there for day two, mm-hmm. day three. Well,
4: it, it's, it has to be a Missouri state road. Like if it's part of a muni. Then they won't pick it up. Okay. MoDOT's only it's responsible the for city. the highway of the state.
3: Yeah. Well, the guy in the show, it didn't matter if it was two days out there or whatever. They would cut off the bad part. You know. And you just, know, like you know uh, when you find bread with a little mold on, it, you just I'm uh, uh, making a uh, sandwich. Uh, stop. Uh, Wouldn't go to that guy's party. And he <laughs> had some reluctant people. After, of course, he does the after they had the dinner. Oh, the the chili was awesome. And then they were like, uh, "Yeah, what you ate? Yeah, possum <laughs> uh, on a half shell." Anyway, so yeah, it it brought up some memories, and, and it's a problem. It's yeah, a problem.
1: It, 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 hopefully um, they're taking care of that, because West County, it is a definite
3: problem right now. Well, I can let's help
4: them out in the fall. Yeah, yeah. we'll try.
3: <laughs> Bo and I will be trying anyway. Well, we will. Good. All right, Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Please share this show and this podcast with everybody that you know that supports the Second Amendment uh, because we're always growing the show, right?
1: Yeah, we love it. Uh, We love talking. You can tell I'm passionate about it. Bo's passionate about it. We love uh, traveling. I love hunting, uh, fishing, the whole thing. So we
3: love covering it. Thanks for listening. And uh, on behalf of uh, Mark Cox, myself, Bo Matthews, and... Pew, pew. Carl Middleman. Middleton. Middleman. Man. (laughs) Middleman. Whatever. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See you, boys. See you,
2: boys. Get more at ninety seven one talk dot com.